0: Hello everyone. Welcome to REI Energy and Climate Podcast. This is Aaron from REI. Last week, my colleagues Jiaqiao and Zhaoang reviewed a new report from International Energy Agency or IEA on the status of global electricity, particularly China's electricity market changes in 2021 and the outlook for 2022 to 2024.
1: Today, we want to focus on a study authored by dozens of Chinese and international researchers, which is about the health impact of climate change in China and what Chinese government may do to deal with the challenges. We have discussed the health impact of climate change in several episodes in 2021, mainly focused on international actions and policies. Climate change is the biggest challenge for global public health in 21st century, according to World Health Organization. Few countries have well prepared for the big challenge. At the UN Climate Conference in Glasgow in 2021, more than 40 countries committed to decarbonizing its health system, building more resilient healthcare uh, service, and uh, make more Uh, active adaptations in this field?
0: The health sector is an increasingly integral part of our society as it accounts for 10% of global GDP and 4.6% of greenhouse gas emissions internationally. In China specifically, the healthcare industry occupied about 3.1% of overall carbon emissions in 2012. Nowadays, the number should be much higher than the 3.1%, as China's GDP in 2020 is over 70% more than that of 2012. In November of 2021, Lancet Countdown published a review on the up-to-date challenges and opportunities China's health industry faces in terms of climate change.
1: The report is an update from its 2020 version. You know, the uh, Lancet Countdown has been a very uh, high-profile international collaboration among uh, multidisciplinary researchers and scholars to assess how the climate change has continually a big impact on the public health at a global uh, level. So the update uh, based on the 2020 version has used um, 25 indicators which are divided into five different sections to present these findings. The sections include the climate change impact, adaptation and planning, and mitigation actions and health co-benefits. And the fourth one is economics and the finance. The last one is the public and the political engagement. In today's discussion, we want to draw attention to the health impact due to climate change in China indicated by the report, including the high-risk events like the heat waves, flood and drought and air pollution.
0: So to start, heat waves has been a major health concern in many parts of the country. In 2020, every person in China had 4.5 more heat wave days than the same average of uh, between 1986 to 2005. The resulting increase in heat wave related mortality was 92% higher and with the estimation of 14,000 deaths in 2020, comparing to the 1986 to 2005 average. So overall, the economic cost of heat wave related mortality in 2020 were about $176 million, which is 17 times higher than that of 2002. And the three most impacted provinces included Liaoning, a province from Northern China, bordering Korea, where it's traditionally cold. This indicates the challenges to combat heat waves are more severe in areas where heat waves are not as frequent as uh, areas where it's continuously hot. We also saw a similar case this past summer in Northwestern United States, where the traditionally cool areas such as uh, Seattle and Oregon, uh, where majority of the houses does not have air conditioning, had a sudden spike in temperatures, which led to a large number of deaths in a large geographical area.
1: Yeah, the sudden um, rise of temperature have a very damaging impact on those areas where uh, usually the residents have no access to air conditioning. Uh, so that kind of extreme weather will uh, support uh, the demand about the air conditioning system in, in those communities. Uh, on this regard, uh, the consumption of the electricity in those communities will jump in, in the uh, summertime. So it's continually to uh, demand the higher consumption of electricity. Uh, if the electricity additional electricity consumption comes from the fossil fuels, that will make the climate change worse. This is a logic we may understand better if we put the extreme weather, particularly the heat waves, into the uh, mitigation of the climate change. So. The potential heat-related productivity loss uh, is another big thing. It has increased in the past two decades, reaching uh, 31.5 billion hours of work uh, loss in 2020. Traditionally, agricultural work loss has decreased due to changes in workforce uh, composition, but construction and manufacturing sectors have seen a uh, increase in productivity loss. National economic cost of its related labor productivity loss in China have increased by 2.3 times from 75 billion U.S. dollars in 2011 to 175 billion U.S. dollars in 2020. So it's a quite big increase.
0: Yeah, and uh, other uh, extreme weather events such as flooding has um and droughts has also impacted uh China as a whole um the number of floods in China increased significantly since 2000 but the number of droughts somewhat remained the same however the damages caused by flood and droughts has decreased um, from 2004 to 2018. And that is mainly due to the improvements in terms of emergency response capacity in the country. In 2018, there were 35 million people that were affected by floods. And economically, the loss from climate-related extreme weather events decreased from 50 3 billion U.S. dollars in 2009 to 42 billion U.S. dollars in 2018. And that also showcases China's growing economic resilience to these frequent extreme weather events, despite the increase in terms of frequency and intensity.
1: Yeah, although there has been uh, decreasing from roughly uh, 53 billion to 42 billion, but even the decrease can tell how how big the scale of the uh, destruction from the uh, floods and the droughts uh, may cause so what for we can uh, easily uh, remember some very um, uh, important events the the extreme weather and its re- re- resulted uh, disasters for example in july 2021 one of the most populated and flood prone provinces in China. Uh, so, one of the largest um, precipitation in history, and more than uh, 300 people uh, were killed in the flood. It's, it's happened not only in rural areas, but also in the very populated uh, urban and uh, provincial capital uh, streets, even the subway system. So it's equivalent to nearly 80% of the total death tolls from floods in China. Even though China's resilience towards extreme weather events has increased over the decades, we still saw major disconnect and a lack of efficient response in Henan last year.
0: Yeah, and uh, another important indicator, health indicator is uh, infectious diseases. So the report showed during uh, 2004 to 2019, as a result of warmer daily temperatures, the vectorial capacity for transmission of dengue fever increased by 25.4% in China's um, 18 provinces. And this is another key indicator to showcase the impact of climate change. On a similar topic where there was a separate study published in 2020 uh, interviewing primary healthcare staff in Guangdong Province, they ha- also came to the consensus that heat and its related infectious disease was the largest health risk associated with climate change in its areas. In that survey, of the respondents agreed that heat-related deaths were caused by climate change. And 89.2% of those agreed on the spread of of infectious vectors were caused by climate change. Now, 89% of the healthcare workers that were surveyed accept that climate change has significantly impacted the increase of dengue fever uh, within their own areas. So they also mentioned in the survey that uh, the more rural the area is within the country, the more severe these infectious diseases are. And at the same time, those areas healthcare workers are lacking in resources to combat the increasing threat.
1: Addressing health threats from climate change requires long-term efforts in both mitigation and adaptation. To mitigate climate change, China has already committed to carbon peaking before 2030 and the carbon neutrality by 2060. This is achieved through various aspects of the economy, including energy production, transportation. and China's energy production, uh, carbon intensity has decreased, but electricity demand increased by uh, more than 3% in 2020, including wind-based electricity production and the solar-based electricity production increased by two digits. Relatively to uh, 2019 levels, coal usage continued to grow in China in recent years. Uh, so, uh, reaching reaching new highs. Uh, you know, the report was published in uh, November 2021, so it only uh, take uh, into account the electricity consumption in 2020 in China, but. In the last episode, uh, as we mentioned in the beginning of this uh, discussion, with my colleague Jiaqiao, uh, I also provide some observation and analysis about why China's electricity demand ha- had a big jump, particularly from the coal-fired power plants uh, in 2021. Of course, the data are based on the IES report, but uh, I think uh, we have some our own analysis and examinations. If you have interest in that topic, please check it out.
0: Yeah, and economically, investments going into coal-fired power plants has uh, decreased from $9.3 billion in 2019 to $7.9 billion in 2020. And the ratio between investment in low-carbon energy, which includes hydro, wind, solar, and nuclear, uh, comparing to new coal power, has risen sharply. So the ratio in two thousand and eight was one to one between the these two areas, but by two thousand and nineteen, it's already a nine to one ratio. So there's more, nine times more low carbon energy investments comparing to coal power investments, and by two thousand and twenty, that number has risen again to nine point five. To one. So, to reach the Paris Agreement climate goals, uh, China needs to continue its upward investment trend in renewables and continue to reduce its power generated by coal.
1: That's true. Yeah, reports show improvement in certain areas of climate mitigation. For example, with advanced mitigation strategies to tackle air pollution in uh, eastern cities over the last decade is quite obvious and uh, evident. Uh, From 2015 to 2019, uh, the efforts for cleaner air in China have led to 28% decrease in ambient PM2.5 concentration in cities. As a result, we estimate that there were uh, 243,000 fewer deaths in 2019 than in 2015. This is kind of the premature death is highly uh, connected with air pollution, but it's not the direct uh, real death number. And the cost of PM2.5 related mortality as a proportion of China's GDP declined from 0.07% in 2015 to uh, a little bit less, uh, like 0.06% in 2019. However, with WHO releasing its updated air quality recommendations in 2021, 40% of cities in in China uh, had an annual average PM2.5 population concentration in 2020, exceeding the WHO interim target one, which is 35 mg per cubic meters. That was an improvement from uh, 52% of cities in 2019. Uh, if we compare to the uh, WHO recommended concentration of the uh, 10 uh, micrograms per cubic meters, uh, I think um, the, the report shows uh, still 90% of the cities are, are still uh, higher than that standard. So the potential for cities to improve air quality is still very huge. And I think the effort will be uh, continued to sort by not only the national, but also the local and the municipal governments.
0: Yeah. And um, this particular scientific journal is different from others previously, where it also analyzed the importance of media coverage and political engagement in terms of the increased health benefits from climate change. Mass media, as we all know, could directly impact the results of public opinions and actions on climate change-related outcomes. In the report, out of the seven most popular Weibo accounts that they analyzed, 24% of all climate-related posts in 2020 occurred in July, where there was a... Uh, extreme weather events such as flooding and droughts that was the center of the attention. And there's been a shift of focus in media coverage related to climate events and health, especially from air pollution related topics in the early 2010s to floods and mudslides in the later half of the decade. So uh, as we can see, there were more media coverage in 2020 Uh, as also part due to the COVID-19 pandemic, and also China's updated NDCs that's caught the attention of the public.
1: And this year in the report, uh, authors also introduced a new indicator to track government engagement in health and climate change through items published on the official website. You know, they uh, focus on the full department related to climate change and health. Uh, they are China Meteorological Administration, uh, the National Development and the Reform Commission, and the third one is National Health Commission. The uh, Fourth one is the Ministry of Ecology and the Environment. So those four departments are major uh, administrative agencies focusing on climate change and the public health. The indicator found the governments are more engaged in climate-only issues, especially in carbon mitigation and the meteorological disasters. But often health-related topics are not covered or interconnection between those uh, topics, particularly the public health and uh, uh, climate change, are not really covered. The report calls on scholars and government officials to be more engaging in in raising awareness on the linkages between the climate change and the public health. I think uh, this interesting uh, indicator can uh, provide a very good uh, signal for policymakers to uh, increase their efforts.
0: With health systems recovering from the impact of COVID-19 pandemic worldwide, China also saw it as an opportunity to advance its disease prevention with the establishment of the National Bureau of Disease Control and Prevention in April of 2021, and that is somewhat equivalent of China's uh, CDC. However, there's no direct reference to health impacts associated with climate change as part of the new establishment. And the report provided four major areas of opportunity for China to improve on this challenge.
1: Yeah, let us see uh, one by one how the reports propose the major policy proposals. So while policymakers are designing China's National Climate Change Adaptation Strategy 20, uh, 2035, it must realize the large gap in its current climate commitment and the multiple departments needs to work together. That means uh, the interconnection and the requirements of the challenges are really uh, evident uh, so that all departments which have very different role to play although but uh, they must uh, work together to maximize the benefits of mitigating health threat from climate change. The report mentioned only 10 of uh, 31 provincial meteorological departments uh, have the role in supporting the public health policy making.
0: The second area of improvement uh, recognized by the report is increasing the health assessments and adaptations. Um, the first step in COP26's health program was establishing an adaptation plan and assessment for health. In China, a national adaptation plan for health is still lacking. But six provinces, including Guangdong, Hunan, Yunnan, Sichuan, Shanghai, and Jiangxi, has reportedly formulated provincial-level health and climate change adaptation plans and measures.
1: The third recommendation is to have better climate mitigation actions where health is included in China's decarbonization pathway. In other words, uh, in the major uh, decarbonization policy making, the Health Commission or the Ministry of Health has a role to play. We've already seen the health co-benefit of air pollution reduction in the past. On the policy level, Clear timelines and goals to promote progress in health industry or health public health sector should be incorporated in the National Climate Change Adaptation Strategy 2035. Furthermore, the climate health perspective is still currently absent from annual Healthy China Work Priorities. Increasing coal phase out and zero carbon technologies are critical for healthier low-carbon economy. Without policy support, it will be very difficult for industries, communities to obtain the appropriate resources to mitigate and adapt to climate-related health issues.
0: And finally, last but not the least, the fourth recommendation is to increase public awareness in the linkage between climate change and health, Um, especially health professionals, academic community, And the mass media should take on most of this responsibility to provide appropriate and scientifically sound content for policymakers and the public to make better decisions in this matter. As we previously talked about, a survey of primary health workers in Guangdong has also suggested that individual and institutional capacities need to be strengthened in response to the health impacts of climate change. Uh, These primary health workers said that they were willing to acquire relevant knowledge, advocate for the interests of their patients, um, participate in building community resilience and take care of the most vulnerable population. They also believe that primary health sector should work closely with other sectors to provide better service to the public. However, they outlined that their greatest challenges were the lack of funding resources and training and education in this area.
1: Yeah, overall, this report had very well uh, examination about the health impact of, of uh, climate change in China. And as we just mentioned, the full proposal also show how important the policymakers need to uh, act and uh, the reports give very specific uh, ideas to uh, make uh, policy changes. It emphasizes on the potential for climate change to become a much larger uh, public health threat uh, than current COVID-19 pandemic, and the importance for China to recognize the potential to significantly improve the health. While taking advantage of the pandemic, recovery processes. So um, from the economic perspective. China can follow examples of UK's uh, national health system, uh, NHS, as example of uh, decarbonizing its sector. Uh, as an international pioneer, you know, UK as a host of the COP26 in Glasgow, uh, the NHS also had a very high uh, engagement with other countries' uh, health care system. So China can uh, learn a lot from that, uh, where a clear identifiable timeline goals were set for its health industry uh, to reach net zero by 2040. Um, that's the very ideal situation, at least by 2050. But uh, if possible, they will pursue the earlier uh carbon neutral to go
0: that's correct and we look forward to seeing that uh, the health benefits from these collaborations and this is all for our episode today we hope you enjoyed our podcast if you have any questions about any of our episodes you're welcome to contact us via email at info at or linkedin by searching rei We wish our listeners stay well and healthy. See you next time. See you next time.
1: Goodbye. Bye.